Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary patrons, uh, it's time for the, the podcast, or if he was a candied heart patrons, uh, I'd still be in business, and ideally I'd say, your choice, uh, lowing soothing tones, creaky dulcets, or, all, or it could say all of the above. Probably wouldn't say all of that, uh, but it'd also say thank you for helping keep the show going. Thanks for believing in value for value. Uh, I couldn't do it without you. Thanks. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, you know, thinking, stuff on your mind. Uh, physical sensations uh, that you're experiencing or feelings uh, that, that that happen to be coming up or that you're dealing with. Uh, whatever it is, it could be changes in time, temperature. It could be just, a, you know, you'll, the, if you're traveling the night before travel thing, that happens to me. I mean, it all happens to me. Got something big tomorrow. I had something big yesterday. Uh, whatever it is that's keeping you, you awake, I'd like to, uh, to, to, to to take your mind off of stuff and to keep you company and to help you fall asleep. It will also to maybe brighten up your mood or just to be here to, to keep you company. Uh, and the w- way I'm going to do it is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous uh, tangents uh, i'm going to try to smooth and basically create an auditory safe place you know with like an auditorium uh wonder if that's because they thought the acoustics were good in there uh, but I'm, this is an auditory safe place where you say well i associate auditoriums more with like uh having have my like sit up straight situation and I say, no problem, this is not an auditorium. This is a safe place, uh, like, uh, you could lounge. You could sit, you know, some people like sitting up straight. Uh, so if you want to sit up straight, go ahead. Uh, you want to lie down, you want to kick back. Also, you could change positions at any moment. Uh, like I said, all you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. Uh, so what I'm going to basically do is uh, structurally, if you're new, welcome. I mean, the first thing I'm going to do is do some rapport building. And all my ratings on rapport building have come in poor. They say, your rapport, so for, like, uh, I don't know, also my rhyming around rapport, it is poor. But ideally, it'll lead you to snore. I didn't even realize snore rhymed with rapport until... And you say, Scoots, there was 27 intros uh, where you rhymed a rapport and snore. Well, I forgot about those. It's a good thing. I have, uh, like, uh, I, I guess when I say I'm, I'm not absent-minded, but my memory is absent. You know, they say, can you check in memory's office and see if uh, where we are with those rapport jokes? They say, yeah, sorry, Scoots, memory's, memory's out of the office, OOF or whatever. Uh, so how many days in a row has memory been absent for work? Well, memory usually rolls in around 10, 15, uh, you know, checks the break room, uh, che- you know, checks the snack room, uh, checks the, you know, the, the outdoor work area, and then circles back around. 
then I don't know. Says I got some meetings, uh, so I'll see. And I got to run out to a client. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll hold up. Aren't I my memory's only client? Like I said, Scoots, I'm just delivering. I'm just delivering the message. Uh, then maybe some days those meetings, memory will text me and say, you know what? This is a big, you know. I got to run over. Sometimes it'll be personal. Let's say I need some, per, like, uh, sometimes the memory says, you know, I have some in lieu time from when I was working late the other day. So I won't be back in the office uh, actually this week again. Wow. I, I think I've worked with a lot of people like this memory. And sometimes memory will come back after lunch to uh, sit, sit, you know, to, to, to chill or check back in with people. Uh, then usually around two two fifteen to three p.m. Uh, if memories if memories in the office, usually taking a little snooze. If not, usually out of the office. Okay, great. I gotta get back to my. I don't want to be absent in my rapport building. So that was a superfluous tangent. If you're new, structurally, I wanted to give you what to expect. I wanted to do about four minutes ago. But that really gives me some insight into some stuff. I don't know. Hopefully, I'll write this down later. Say, okay, when it's time for, you know, can you give your more memory a performance in a review? Looks like another part of my brain just pulled out too. Maybe they're out to lunch together. Also, when they say out to lunch, now for me, this has a whole new meaning. They'd say, oh, I thought that was a metaphor. You're serious. They're not going to be out to lunch for the rest of the day. My memory and my vocabulary brain, they're like on a mimosa-based lunch somewhere. And it's friggin' Tuesday. I say, what in the hell? Like, you got to have this episode out. Uh, so anyway, if you're new, sorry about that. Uh, structure what to expect. The show starts off with business. That's how we keep it free. Then there's a, you know, because it's a sleep podcast. Uh, then there's an intro. The intros are around 12 to 15 minutes or so. Kind of a show within a show. They're actually a part of the podcast uh, that you are welcome to skip. You can skip ahead to about 18 minutes. Uh, but most people, as they start to listen to the podcast, it kind of becomes part of their wind-down routine or their falling-asleep routine, kind of depending on the listener. Some people like to start it before they get in bed, and they kind of listen. You know, maybe they do some light crocheting, maybe some medium-weight crocheting, Maybe some heavy knitting, I don't know. Or, you know, any of those metaphorically. Crosswording. You know, some, some you know, I don't know if journaling, I may be distracting. Doodling. Here's something. Let's start this together. I didn't mean to go off topic once again. But let's, maybe this could be part of a thing we do together. Bedtime doodles. Also, maybe if if my lawyer is listening, let's see. Can we afford to trademark that? No. Okay, I have that answer. Uh, bedtime Doodles, the newest Netflix. Uh, call me back. I'm serious, by the way. But uh, well, actually, don't call me back. E-message me. But uh, let's do this. I think that's a show we could do. Bedtime Doodles. Also, if you're looking for a nickname for me, I think I'd like to be called Bedtime Doodles from now on. And Doodles is nice. That's what they'd say, too. But what if we do some bedtime doodling? And doodling and noodling aren't that different, you know, with your pen. So you could do any of those things. You could skip the intro. 
more and more people do listen during the day, especially if they have a, a coworker like my memory, where you say, you know, <laughs> you say, okay, I guess I'll just do the memory's work for it. That's what I usually do, especially since I work for myself now. Can't believe it, but if you say, "Well, life lessons," I keep learning them, even when I work just for me. Uh, but uh, where was I? Um, oh, you could skip the intro, but it's kind of part of a show. See how it goes. Then there's a business. Uh, that's again how that's important to keep the podcast free for everybody. Then there's a bedtime story. Tonight will be our ongoing episodically modular series. Uh, uh, Big Farm in the Sky, P.I., Season 2, Phantom Minnow Season. That's a mouthful. And that'll just be a nice bedtime story. Tonight will be a really nice one, uh, I think. And uh, then we have some thank yous at the end. There's structurally what to expect. This is a podcast you don't really need to listen to or make sense of if you don't want to. You could kind of just kick back in bed if you're new, see how it goes, give it a few tries. You know, we just passed our, like, 2,000th written review on uh, Apple Podcasts uh, of people taking the time to write a review, which I really appreciate. And a lot of them say, hey, it took me two or three tries to get used to the show. If you're, And by the way, if you're saying, well, I'm listening to this, and I think the uh, – you can also, if you definitely uh, think the show's a one-star show, go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. I got some resources for you if you definitely, but give it a few tries. Uh, uh, see how it goes. I'm just here to help. Uh, and there's also no pressure to fall asleep. The reason the podcast is an hour and there's 300 episodes ready to go is that uh, if you need them, I'm here. I'm here to keep you company. I'm here at the episodes all the way to the end so that if you can't fall asleep, uh, yeah, that I'm here to keep you company. Like I know there is listeners out there. And I care about you. In all honesty, I do. I care about you if you fall asleep in one minute. I care about you if you fall asleep in 18 minutes. I care if you're waking up in the middle of the night and uh, you're listening for 20 minutes to say, hey, Scoots, keep me company while I fall back asleep here. If you're on the other side of the world, I care. Uh, and I don't know, what was the main example I said? Uh, if you could write me one. I don't know if I care for your opinion about every, like that thing, but that's why I said go to sleep with me podcast. No slash no thank you, but uh, the doc sleep with me podcast dot com. Sorry, but uh, I do care. Sorry, I, sometimes I have to break up the intimacy with uh, subtle humor. But yeah, if you can't sleep, uh, however you use the show, yeah, I believe you do deserve a good night's sleep. And oh, I'm here to the very end because I know how it feels when you can't fall asleep too. And I mean, I, I don't know. That's why I make the show is to make bedtime less of a, a rigor and, uh, you know, m more like a role. Or when you say role, like uh, if you go to a Renaissance festival and they have cinnamon rolls or any kind of role and you say or you, you're selling rolls and you would say you want to say instead of more rolls, you say Marols, uh, milady, milord, marols. You'd be surprised at how much crossover there is between uh, being a uh, salesperson at a Renaissance festival and making a sleep podcast. This isn't the only time this has come up. 
like malaise, like uh, that's another one. You can use at Renaissance fairs. You say, well, you say, let's take the malaise out of malaise. Take it, bring it to a Renaissance festival, uh, find the, the queen and her, uh, whatever they're called, the, the, the party. And you say, malaise, McQueen, malaise. And the same thing, if you're selling rolls uh, or you say to your friends, uh, hey, I'm going to get something. You, you want more rolls? Uh, I don't know if there's any restaurants, uh, like sit-down restaurants with rolls on your table. But if you were uh, a part of the wait staff, you could say, uh, let me see, uh, any any refills here? Any more rolls, uh, my lords, my ladies? Okay, I guess they got to the point, which is usually these intros, they never, they reach a point, uh, and uh, it's bare, you know, it's a nub-like point, uh, but I'm here to help. That's the main thing uh, I wanted to get across. So give the podcast a few tries, see how it goes. I'm here to help. I'm very glad you're here and give me this chance to kind of earn your trust, uh, and again, it's uh, it doesn't have to be a, like all or nothing thing. You say, well, I'm not so sure about this podcast. Next time you listen, you might say, hey, no, no idea what, what that podcast was. Then sometimes between those two listens and the next time you listen, you go to a Renaissance fair and you start giggling. Then you say, hmm, why was I giggling at the Renaissance fair saying malaise uh, and maroles? Uh, and also, if you were like, you could do like, uh, I don't know. I was trying to figure out a way to say, like, we get the rigmarole in there uh, without being like, uh, like saying wiggity whack. Uh, but uh, uh, so, where was I? I got off topic. I, I rolled without rigor. I've been rolled. I've been rickrolled. Don't rickroll anybody at a Renaissance festival either. Well, I guess you could if you were, well, here's the thing. How about Rick? Anybody? Could we do a GoFundMe to get Rick Astley at a Renaissance festival dressed up uh, with a mandolin or something, and just Rick roll? Is is anyone ultra wealthy that actually listens to this podcast? Uh, or sometimes Max from Cards listens. So somebody send Max this message or Alex at Cards too. What if, I mean, I realize you say, well, Scoot, Hello Scoots 2004 called that. And I say, well, that's when, that's about my style. Like, uh, well, it's different because it would say, hey, I just think that would be cool. Uh, and he, we could, if we could get Rick, Mr. Astley, is it, okay, sorry. I got to get, I got to wrap this intro up though, Mr. Astley. But you, if we could get you, if your people, well, my, I don't have, like, uh, yeah, if we could work that out, it'd be excellent. Uh, and it, it would be something I would never, you know, I'd never want to give it up. Uh, you might you might find a whole new life in Renaissance fairs. Uh, anyway, sorry, I'm glad you're here. I'm really excited to, to put you to sleep tonight, uh, to keep you company, to take your mind off of stuff. I appreciate you coming by. I work very hard on this show, and I yearn and I strive to help you fall asleep. And here's a few of the ways we're able to keep the show a-going. Uh, all right, everybody. Welcome to our uh, latest episode of our episodically modular series, uh, Big Farm in the Sky PI, Season 2, The Phantom Minnow Season. And this uh, is a, a, a series uh, featuring three main characters, uh, DK and G, uh, two twins, uh, and Simon, their uncle. Now, uh, DK and G... 
are currently living in Florida in the towns, which is like the largest uh, retirement community in the United States that I'm aware of. And they're twins, though. They're they're working. They they live with uh, DK's Aunt Penny. And they're running their own business there, a PI business, and a kind of, you know, also cleaning out your garage. Those are some original things they did. It's a working sabbatical from their school. And they're also in constant, well, not constant contact, but pretty good contact with uh, uh, DK's, oh, no, G's, G's uncle. Thank you. Thank you, Brain. Uh, Simon, who, so DK and G live in Florida in a retirement community on planet Earth, uh, current day. And Simon used to live on planet Earth, current day. Now Simon has transitioned from an earthly life to a big farm in the sky life, which is one of the main, one of a variety of places you could do after you say, well, you know, sometimes you, you after your earthly existence uh, and you get transferred, they say, well, they don't, that's the thing. They never say, uh, hey, next week you get you, but, but so not exactly sleepy stuff. So Simon was transferred from living an earthly life to living a big farm in the sky life. And in season one, Simon said, well, I got this new life. What am I going to do with it? Uh, New realm. I've always wanted to be a PI and help people solve mysteries, just like my heroes, Big Brain, Big Nate, uh, Encyclopedia Brown, uh, Fancy Nancy, uh, the Stiltons, you know, Thea and Geronimo Stilton. I apologize, Thea, that I haven't been giving you the credit you deserve. Also, I got your gift for me, so thank you uh, to Thea Stilton. And all the other, you know, all the other great kid mystery solvers. That was more on Simon's level, even though Simon was grown up. Uh, and so in season one, they Simon, with the help of G and DK, solved mysteries in the big farm in the sky. Now on season two, for the most part, Simon's helping G and DK solve mysteries in the towns, uh, retirement community as part of their, like, a working sabbatical or their, uh, what do you call that, self-driven education model. Now, you might say, hold on, Scoots, Simon is a four, how Simon, and I'd say, yeah, when you uh, make a post-Earth transition, the only one I have information of currently for this season is a big farm. I don't know about all the other ones, other than, like, the, the great gravy realm, which is where I'm hoping to go, you know, an entire existence of that's gravy, the great gravy realm. It was a... Uh, it was a myth uh, somewhere in the northern expanse. Uh, anyway, so Simon went to the big farm in the sky, decided to be a PI. Oh, oh and G and DK helped. I said that. But so when you do make that transition, uh, for most people, that's it. Then you say, okay, this is my new life, uh, so, you know, starting over. Maybe you have some sort of view screen where you could check in on Earth. Uh, maybe not. I don't know about that. Uh, but every couple billion people, one out of every billion or so, maybe even, probably even less. So, so but I, but I don't know. I don't have the math on me. They can be, they can interact with people currently, like you know what I mean, like Casper uh, or things Scooby Doo and the Mystery Machine team would would uh, whatever they're called, uh, the Scrappers. I don't think that's what they're called. 
Oh, Mystery Inc. Is that what that is? Um, but they would, uh, like, you know, a spiritual being. That, that's what is a roundabout way of saying it. The reason spiritual beings are so rare, to some say, I don't even know if there are spiritual beings uh, visiting us. Uh, it's because it's super rare, like at least from the big farm. Simon, maybe there's been one or two other people we've encountered that can fully go into the earthly realm and interact. I think that's, that's a lot of a lot of back like setup, but it's important. Simon can come here. Simon can appear to G and DK. Simon can say, "Hey, let me, you know, let me, hey, let me move that glass of water to the other side of the table." Or whatever it is. So that's how, and also that just answers any questions. You say, wait a second. And say, yeah, good thing this warm-up takes so long, right? So it puts you to sleep, huh? But don't worry if you can't sleep because we got a story coming up. We also have our great uh, Hollywood, uh, what is this called? What do you prefer? Introducer? Uh, He's chuckling. Can you have a, can I call you the charismatic chuckler? Okay, this is uh, Mr. Antonio Banderas, uh, 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 my friend. Yes, yeah, so, so kind. The ladies and gentlemen, the boys and girls, the friends beyond the binary. It's time uh, for the uh, charismatic chuckler to introduce it to you. Uh, it's time to crack that case. It's time for Big Farm in the Sky P.I. Yeah. Wow, that was amazing. Yeah, maybe we could do maybe we could do a project together. The charismatic. Like, do you have any back? Do you have any production deals anywhere that would uh, we could use to charismatic chuckler? Uh, my friend, I I uh, I'm I'm speechless. What about what about like? Uh, are you doing any more Picasso or anything? Like, I could be your sidekick. Uh, like a fictional sidekick that never, they say, well, this is my sidekick, uh, the charismatic chuckler. Right, my friend, I don't think it's, uh, there's something in the, uh, the, either the vowel sounds or the uh, syllables that just doesn't make it suited for television. Charismatic chuckler. I, I can see your point. Might be more suited for a sleep podcast. Uh, but thanks. So just go upstairs, don't move around, and I'll be up. Uh, probably shouldn't be drinking water anymore. Because I noticed, it, like, uh, there's something with your wrist that I can hear on the mic uh, when you're drinking water, and also when you, when, when yeah, like, uh, so, like, if you could just sit up there again and not move around at all, or I'll tell you what, uh, like, as I transition into the episode, maybe just go outside, like, and go for a walk and come back in like an hour and twenty five minutes. Okay, great. That's that's Mr. Antonio Banderas, everybody. This is Big Farm in the Sky PI. Uh, hey, Diane, it's me. I have a bit of an update, Simon, here. Uh, and it all started uh, with some encouragement, Diane. Uh, it was recently that uh, G and DK said, Uncle Simon, have a seat or have a float above a chair. Uh, we need to talk to you. And I said, oh, boy, what's going on? And they said, well, have you been working on your comic, uh, your your story for uh, the Phantom Minnow at all? And I said, well, I've been thinking about it occasionally. And they said, we'd like to help you. Like, we'd like to help you get started, uh, get moving forward. 
And I said, well, it's not that's the problem. It's just kind of floating around. I don't know. And they said, well, we think you've got a lot of good ideas. We really like it. And I said, okay, what do you need, the two of you? So you're trying to be nice to me. And they laughed. They said, no, no, we're not trying to be nice. We believe in you and your idea. We think you should do, you should keep working on it. And we wanted to, uh, like, maybe you could bring some of your work materials uh, back here. We could look at them with you, or we could just work in parallel uh, while we're working on business plans or reading mysteries and working out what mysteries are actually possible to be solved and what aren't. Uh, and working, and I said, is this, are you going to get like your, you're only in uh, like middle school. Are you going to end up getting your, uh, your, like your PhDs in fictional mysteries, solvable, like your theories of solving mysteries versus unsolvable mysteries and entertainments? And they told me to stop changing the subject. They said, go, why don't you go back home? You get some of your materials you've been working on. We know you have some stuff, You even some doodling or noodling. And so I headed back. And, you know, there's one other thing is, uh, like, you know, with this uh, transition, I said, well, there's, like, a lot of ways to transfer. And I said to myself, Simon, what I would like to do is, uh, like, uh, I, I think we had watched one of the James Bond movies, uh, and I said, I'd like to shoot, use a shoot, uh, like a, pa- a parachute, uh, and descend back when I go back to my house. Also, Diane, I don't know if, you know, what your work schedule is, if, if you were listening to these reports, but, uh, time, you know, also time is strange in the big farm uh, or different than Earth. And, and I'd been spending a lot of time in Earth. And so I, like, uh, it's different. I didn't have to do anything. I just said, okay, I'm parachuting in. And I had this great view of uh, the the area I live in from a very high viewpoint and, and just kind of like, a you know, zooming in on a map slowly. And I saw the ocean. I saw the islands uh, that I didn't like. I said, well, I'd have to visit those islands. I wasn't in the, in the, in the mountains and eventually the coastal area. And I started to head towards... Uh, where I lived just naturally. And I noticed something. It was almost like a drawing around my house at this distance, Diane. You know, I was lucky enough uh, to want to live at beach, beachfront property. So that, uh, I guess that naturally happens with the big farm or something. But I noticed something, and I don't know what the word is for this, but a 20-sided, almost a circle around my house, Diane. But, like, not a perfect circle because it had 20 sides. And it was giant. It almost like a map, like someone had drawn it around there. But I said, that, is that a, did somebody, like, put tape outside of my house? Uh, and it was big, so my house was just a speck in the middle, but I knew it was there. And then I opened my chute, and as I got closer, I realized that it was a building, like a circular building, a gigantic building, Diane, uh, like a, like I guess like a complex, like a giant circular or nearly circular, twenty-sided circular-like building, and I started floating down. I saw my house was directly in the center of this. So this building, it, they didn't move my house. They built this building around it, 
and I mean around it in a grand sense, so that 40% of the building was suspended over the water. So it's like they built this giant donut, almost donut-shaped like building right around my house. And I was feeling very displeased. My house was sitting there right in the center, in the beachfront, uh, and then, you know, grass, park-like area around my house is, how, you know, how I liked it. And then I started to notice people pointing at me, Diane, which at first I thought was from my chute, which had uh, the phantom minnow on it, uh, as I imagined it. From, well, actually, from the, like, where I originally got the idea from the antique box uh, that I'd seen it say phantom minnow. Uh, but more and more people were pointing and gathering in this park. Uh, and I also, but then I realized that I also, because I'd seen so many on TV and movies and stuff, Diane, like when the people are like uh, shooting in, like slowly, they usually have these trails of colored smoke behind them. So I actually had a trail of rainbow Roy G. Biff smoke trailing behind me, which looked really cool when I looked up over my shoulder. And then I started to slowly circle like a bird on a thermal, like lowering. More and more people are gathering, pointing, and uh, like like shrugging and holding their hand over their mouth in amazement. And I said, well, it's not. I said, it's cool. You know, rainbow smoke, uh, phantom minnow parachutes. Uh, but I, and I said, well, maybe maybe they think it's part of a show. They'll be a little disappointed. When it, and I said, just, and then I slowly touched down. And I just waved because I said, I want to get into my house. Uh, I didn't say anything. That's kind of important, Diane. And I landed on the side of my house, and I saw that my house was, there was a new, uh, it was a hedge that was a, like a, a fence, a hedge that, like, like, that was serving the purposes. I was on the outside of this hedge that wasn't there before, surrounding the backs and the side of the house. And so I walked along the hedge, and I found at the front of my house was a gate in a, in a ticket booth, Diane. And everyone was still gathering around me as they stood in front of my house. Uh, and this was awkward because it's like uh, it's at the Silent Founder Museum. And then it says, here stands the original home of the, the, the Silent Founder. And everyone's pointing at me. And then another thing I noticed, Diane, that was like stuck out to me that caught my attention was that everyone was dressed uh, in a way like they were going to work. Like they weren't in regular wearing around town clothes, but not quite business casual. Uh, But like something you'd wear, you know what I mean? There's just a difference when I saw it collectively. I said, well, that's weird. Everybody's, you know, usually in the big farm, especially say, you know, dress it, express it. That's what what, what I used to say when I'd wake up. Uh, and, you know, if, if you say, well, my expression is being comfortable today, I say, all right, dress it, express it, Diane. And everyone's chatting, they're talking to an, to, to one another, and uh, they were saying uh, at first uh, I didn't hadn't read the sign, so I thought they were saying violin fl- violin flounder, or xylin founder, from fl- And I said, what are they talking about? And then I read the signs, uh, and then I was looking, and someone's in the the ticket booth looking at me, and you know I have to walk past the ticket booth just to go 
and I see people like walking around my in my my house, uh, and I, I, I guess I overcame it and I just walked inside. I just pretended. Uh, I just nodded my head as I walked by the ticket booth, and I saw my home had been changed into. It was kept uh, pretty much the way I left it, uh, but uh, I don't know. It was more shiny. There was more pictures and frames, mostly of uh, the cases of from that I had worked on, and pictures of me like working at Karmic Point stuff, uh, which I said I don't remember those pictures being taken. It was mostly me, like looking at a paper and you know scrunching my forehead. So I was kind of totally speechless, and also I was kind of had that. I still was thrilled from the the trip in. And also the like, so I was like speechless and, and and dismayed, and also I still had a lot of adrenaline from uh, coming in and having the smoke trailing behind me. And that's so why I put it together, the silent founder, and I said that must be me. So I should keep silent, so play along, Simon. And so I kind of waved at people and smiled, and they waved back and giggled, and and they shrugged my shoulders. Uh, and then through the crowd in, into the, 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 I guess it would be, say, the forecourt of where I, the museum, where I, which once was my home, uh, came a person. And, and they were dressed in uh, like uh, something between more formal than business casual, but not business formal, like, uh, like professionally. They were dressed in a professional way. And they said, thank goodness you're here. We've been waiting. We've been hoping. Uh, can you come with me right away? And they kind of seem like, you know, uh, like uh, intent on business, but, but a, a greater business. Uh, and I, I gave a look of, uh, I mean, I was thinking, I don't think I, I can't just sit down in my house anymore because there's people here. And so I went, went, went along and followed this person. And they were telling me that they were been concerned and they've been keeping vigil for myself uh, and, uh, like, uh, the other founder. And uh, they said, we're really in need of leadership. We're really, really. Uh, and then they kind of looked back and they saw my face and uh, they said, oh, you haven't seen the new campus at all, huh? Because, I mean, back when I, like, uh, it's putting a few things together. I said, well, when I, I went to the office, uh, when I worked in karmic billing or whatever, now the office is all around. They said, uh, we'll give you a quick tour of campus. And, Diane, I could just say, I could ne if I ever had to get a job again, I don't know where I'd work because uh, even though this was very inconvenient, my home being made into a museum, you know, this was a big farm. And we are, I think when you go to a big farm, you're more resilient uh, and able to roll with things. But I said, uh, but this workplace, this campus, this 20-sided uh, campus, it was amazing. It had uh, scooters, moving walkways, uh, floating walkways, uh, you, you, you like uh, there was even like a switch like on, on the first floor you could swim swim in the building like uh, right down one side you there was a jogging path there was even uh, like a swing if you wanted to swing on ropes and I got this tour and I have heard about these companies but I had never worked for one 
these companies with all these perks. I mean, this was on Earth that I heard about this, but there was like uh, restaurants, uh, like section into neighborhoods, and then there'd be work areas. Now, most of the, most everybody was milling about because it was a big to do that I was there. So there'd be like a working zone, then an eating zone, then a recreation zone. So there was like a bowling alley, movie theater, uh, chilling areas, nap pods, Diane. I said, I said, can I get into one of these nap pods? I'd like to try a nap pod out. And what, like, uh, arbory, indoor and outdoor plants, uh, like animals for you to pet. It was like everything. Massage. There was like massage areas to get massages, uh, spas, uh, wellness centers. You know, they're like. Uh, but most of it was kind of empty. I said, they said, "What's that room there?" With, uh, and they said, "Well, that's the, the uh, steaming yoga room." And I said, "Wow." Uh, every, everything you could imagine, Diane. Just just a kind of workplace. Uh, but everywhere we went, uh, maybe there were some people standing around, but no one was really uh, it, oh, arcade. But no one was really doing much. Uh, everybody seemed distracted by my presence, and uh, I don't know what it was. Uh, something there was just something in the air, Diane. More than that, this, this mysterious uh, silent founder, uh, who I seemed to be, had returned. And then, as if reading my mind, this person said, "Yes, see, it's uh, you could see how how it is. Uh, it's it's almost all of us." Uh, and then we went to this uh, distant place. Uh, we went to some lower levels, and they said, "Let me show you uh, the, the the one place that's still holding on." And we went into this room, Diane, and the room was empty. But it the room was empty. But it looked like you know when they show mission mission control, well, you cross the centuries. Any kind of mission control. A type room, with, with, uh, in the dino movies, they had one, the last one at least. Uh, but, you know, when people go to space or there's monitoring going on, you know, big monitors, maps, blinking, blinking lights, uh, noises, and then workstations and everything. And this is what this room was like. Now, every once in a while, someone would come in and pick up a piece of paper and leave and I said, what is this? And they said, it's a customer care. And I said, what's customer care? And they said, well, it's a combination of IT, customer support, and like uh, like a, like, kind of like a, a in, inbound customer service requests. You know, we, we could call it, they call it customer care. And he said, what is all this activity? And they said, well, those are incoming support tickets, uh, and, you know, like uh, information, you know, it's all information about customer care. And I said, well, where is everybody? And then I heard some cheering. And because this was on a lower level, like they, they had their own sections, I guess customer care was sectioned off. Uh, and we went into a room and it seemed like they may have like uh, kind of been like uh, separated from the rest of the company, obviously. As I was explaining it, because then we went into a room that was like their uh, 
they're they're like a combination area, but it was a very big, very nice day, and I'm not knocking it. It was just all in one, so there was like a, a different areas, themed areas to eat, and there was recreation, and it was sort of bustling in there, yeah, and people were playing skee ball. That's what the cheering was, and everybody just seemed to be having a good time. And when I came in, it kind of got quiet, but no, not quiet in the same way. Like a quiet of like, who's like, we're still having fun, but who's this? Uh, and then it was explained to society. Then it worked its way for, through the room, but it didn't seem to impact these customer care employees in the same way. And the person I was with, they were very uh, impacted by all this. Uh, and they had their eyes uh, started to water. And this, Diane, I, I was very confused, I'll be honest with you. Uh, because I didn't like, uh, and then we stepped the, like they stepped out of the room. So I felt like I needed to step out of the room. So I waved and they were drying their eyes and experiencing their feelings. And they said, I'm sorry. Like, it's just, you know, such a contrast. That's what we all used to have as, as a company. And now it's just now, you know, we've, we've like, uh, and they explained how the original founder who hired me and Diane, it's been, I don't know, I, I stopped thinking about that person. Except when I realized I wasn't getting my you know work done, I was hanging out with G&DK. And they said, this is a glum contrast uh, to what we have now as a company. You know, it's all, all our focus is lost. It was lost with the founder. And, you know, life drained out of the company. And they said, well, I don't know anything about this company. I just worked. I, this was, I was thinking myself how to become a founder. And also I was like, do, do, do they know they're in the big, I said, they know they're in the big farm in the sky. Like that, uh, they said, is there some, I said, maybe they got, maybe there's things I don't know. And I said, well, that's probably correct. Uh, and then they said, this person said, well, let's go back to your office, uh, and we went up to an office that was, uh, like, uh, pretty easy to access. They also had portals, which I didn't tell you earlier, Diane. So if you wanted to get somewhere quick, you could go through one of these portals. And I, I said, to, I thought to myself, because I was still being silent, that uh, I would like some of the, uh, like, what are those called? Like, a vacuum tube. I'd like to go by vacuum tube next time. Uh, and it was, we got to the area around my office. There was more just people like, uh, it just seemed, uh, like, uh, I don't know, expe expecting something from me, uh, like to relieve them of their glumness. Uh, and I showed the office and I said, uh, like, I made a, like, I tried to make a universal, like, without speaking sign that I needed some alone time. And it ended up, they actually moved my office from my home here with all my stuff. Uh, so that was nice, uh, whoever did that, to respect my things. And actually, the office was actually remade, like it was actually the interior of my house. So that wasn't a museum. So that was very comforting. So I found myself uh, back where I kind of felt comfortable, my own safe place, Diane. And I said, I got to get a hold of G&DK because I have no idea what's freaking going on here. And uh, it seems like there's, so I got a hold of them. I can't, I just, you know, called them like I used to from the big farm. 
And they said, tell us everything. And I said, I said, I think uh, all these, I said, I'm pretty sure this other founder is up to something, one. And two, that all these people are working and they don't even need to be here. So unless there's some sort of, uh, unless karmic points are real and they're all getting paid in karmic points, I, I said, we got to shut, maybe we should just shut this place down. And G&DK said, no, 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 this is our case. Uh, and I said, well, what part is it our case? Like finding out who this founder is and what they're up to or whatever. And they said, no, 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 figuring out what you're supposed to do. Who's the silent founder? And I said, well, when I was walking some of the halls, there was a lot of pictures of me, a lot of mythology about the founding of the company. And they said, okay, okay. And they said, what else do we know? And I said, well, we're in a giant campus. Uh, I would say there's room for thousands of employees here. And it looked like we patented. And they said, okay, big company. And they said, okay. And I said, the employees, everybody seems unhappy might be the wrong word, but let's just say that for now. And they said, all the employees are unhappy. The same level of unhappiness. And I said, well, there's some people that work in customer service or no, no customer care. Those ones are happy. And they said, okay, that's important, Simon. Good, good, good. And they said, what's customer care? And I said, well, when you have an issue like with your, uh, with like, uh, getting logged in or, you know, something to say the top won't go back on that thing. I think that's customer care where you say, hey, how, how do you, like, uh, charge this battery? They say, oh, that's customer care. Uh, problems and complaints, I think. And they said, okay, okay. And they're happy. And I said, well, they seem they seem to be having fun when I saw them. And they said, they're the only, did you see any? And I said, no one else at all. Everybody else ranged from glum to serious. I mean, I think maybe what do we do? What if we just crack the case? We just give everyone a job in uh, customer support. No, you're right. Uh, so what do exit? What's an exit interview? Okay. Well, what if uh, we could get former? I don't know if anybody doesn't work here. I, I could find that out. Uh, uh, but I can't actually. I'm supposed to be the silent founder. So what if? Here's an idea, G and DK. What if you think? Uh, if we announce a restructuring or you two are consultants, like what if I know this, we've never done this before really, but what if I use the, like, here's one of the things I learned about the Phantom Minnow as I've been playing around is, uh, I think I figured out, you know, it's confusing, but I know I can carry you two. You'll physically still be in the earthly realm and you won't be able to do anything on your own here but I could project you into this big farm realm and you could kind of see like as long as I'm there and you, you could appear now you'll appear in a kind of a more interesting way. Like you'll be giant, like a, like your 3d projections. Uh, so what if I project the two of you, we call, I call a company wide meeting. I project the two of you. And maybe we do exit interviews and maybe can we do interview, like interview employees? It'll be like we're Skyping in two consultants, uh, like spiritual Skype. Okay, that's good. Dane, I'll be, I'll be right back uh, while we get this plan going.
uh, hey, Diane, it's me. I'm back. I wasn't, you know, I, you know, I don't go for long. So here's some news, Diane. Most of the people here like work, liked working here, and they still do. Uh, we still, we, we've put calls out to former employees. We haven't got that done uh, yet. So we know that. G&D, I'm also recounting this for G&DK because they're, they're formulating something. Also, I still have no idea what this company is or what it does, Diane. It involves karmic points. Uh, so everyone's involved in karmic points in different departments. And no one can even explain to G or DK who are actually good at asking questions. Uh, no one understands what it really is. They said, what's the karmic? It's the universal uh, uh, unit of exchange in the, the post-earthly realm. And they say, okay, so what is, what is your job exactly involving karmic points? Like the G and DK practiced on me. And I said, I think I was in charge of ex- assessing value or I can't remember because I my mind glazed over when after they said, uh, and, and so that was kind of how it was like, you know, some people would have just phrased it in different ways. Yeah, so everyone's involved in these karmic credits or karmic points. No one can explain it. And no one really knew what their job, like uh, they only had a vague sense of what their job was. Just like me, Diane, I said, well, this really validated me in some sense. And everyone loved being here as a part of the team, except, you know, that's why we're trying to find the people that don't work here anymore. But here's my thing, Diane, like I feel a little bit guilty saying this because I left work. Uh, I don't think anybody's doing it. Not only do they not know what they're doing, I don't think anyone was doing getting very much work done when they were working. And that just leads me to wonder about this other founder, Diane. I just don't, I, I just, I thinking, uh, but G and DK, they're whispering to one another. And they said, we have a plan. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just letting Diane know. So you, you have a plan. Okay. Well, I don't think, it's about my problem is that the big farm in the CIA is not a tech startup. So I don't know if I want to be, a, I think we should just dissolve the company. No. We got to get to the bottom of it. Oh, wait a second! I gave you an idea, a new idea. What do you mean? Well, tech startup—that's what I said. What do tech startups do? I, I don't know. They're, they're like technological things. Oh, what is one method they use? Oh, A/B testing. Yes. Uh, wait. So we're going to do A/B testing. Oh, we're going to do A/B/C and maybe D testing. So we're going to make an announcement. Oh, that's the restructuring. Okay, this sounds interesting. Diana, I hope you're hearing all this. Okay, so we're going to call, like, uh, the, the the great and amazing restructuring. Okay. So, you oh, they're, they're already making a speech company wide. So we're going to give out assignments uh, to, to different parts and new, new divisions of the company and some established divisions is a part of our visioneering and research. Uh, and uh, these will be temporary experimental assignments, so no one has to feel pressured to stay. Okay, so what? Well, I don't know what G&DK... Okay, so some employees are going uh, to get the full benefits of employment uh, without uh, having to do any work. Uh, so they could come to work, they can hang out... Uh, 
You're going to keep all of their perks in pay. Wow, G and DK are generous. Holy cow. And they're just going to come and enjoy themselves every day. Okay, people seem, uh, they're wondering about this. Everybody's always wondering. Okay, some of them are going to return to work at karmic credits. Oh, this is the part I had to do with. Yeah, but in a, like, to actually figure out what the heck it is, that's my words, Diane, not theirs. So they're going to break karmic credits into much smaller, more focused tasks. Everybody looks confused still about the karmic credits, but they said GNDK are kind of explaining that, uh, Part of the restructuring is just going to be taking that into the smallest uh, discrete parts and working on those. So that's a part of the, the our corporate group or whatever. And another group is, uh, well, this is only C, though. Another group's going to be moving to customer care. They're going to be expanding customer care. Okay, Dan, let me take it. I'll be right back What what we see, like... Uh, Okay, Diane, I'm back. That was a microsecond for me, but so we went to work, Diane, and uh, you know, I thought uh, I, I had a good feeling about this focused group. I said uh, we're going to figure out the corporate credit karmic credits are. We're going to figure out what this indirectly. We'll figure out who this founder is and what they were doing. We'll also figure out if karmic points are real or not, uh, like if we keep breaking it down and get a better understanding of what the mythology around this is and why, because uh, in how I got roped into it, uh, that's one thing I don't know. But they, GNDK said, don't worry about it. But I've been kind of monitored. I monitored that group for a while, Diane. Like I would be in the room when everybody was working and GNDK kind of helped give out the assignments, and then some of the other management staff, uh, they kind of grasped it, and they said, okay, like, uh, you know, what are ideas of karma? What are, like, concrete versions? Is that, you know, is that ever a proven theory? And it was a few weeks. We tried to ramp it up slowly, but, oh, boy, did all of my, uh, all, everything I thought, like, uh, it, it like all my expectations were wrong because I thought these two will be working with the purpose and now they have a mission. We kept talking about the mission as we were slowly, they were able to, we had meetings with I statements. So, so everybody felt involved. Uh, we talked about, you know, shared what our shared, like what our shared goals are every, at the end of every day, we said, well, what are our wins? Uh, like uh, we sell, tried to celebrate those wins, uh, but no, like uh, no one seemed to like it. Diane, I mean, basically, uh, uh, people were asking to be transferred, even with it, like even after all the time, or just sitting at their desks. I mean, people would get the work done, uh, but again, I don't know, like. Uh, it just no one was enjoying it. And I know there's a myth that you're supposed to be happy at work, but this wasn't even middle of the road happy. And then the second group, Diane, was the same thing. Like the people that came to work and didn't have to work, uh, they were like, an, uh, it was like a, a mirror image or something, but like a real mirror image where you say, well, this looks the same. It's just a little bit different. Uh, because we ramped up employee programming to when it was at its peak. Uh, so there was constantly seminars. Uh, 
like everything was in use, bowling leagues, uh, you know, I, like we brought in like, you know, different, they said, but you want to take a cooking class. You want to do like a, learn how to do speech writing, you know, swim relay races, everything you could dream of, uh, for a workplace where you're not doing any work, uh, and you could, none of it was mandatory. So you could just chill, play video games. You could sleep, go to the movies. And it was all joyless staying. No, no, no one liked it one bit. Uh, so there was that. Uh, then we have customer care. Uh, and that one, even with more employees, everybody was happy there. And there's just this vibrant energy there at all times. Uh, all the employees would get along. They would all be, do, do, they were constantly doing fun things. They were taking advantage, they expanded into the main building a little bit. They said in the past, you know, the customer care employees were just under a little bit different duress. So that's why they they were separated. Uh, and this was, I just found baffling that, uh, and they said, well, maybe it's that they're doing a, a service job that's customer care. Maybe that's, I talked to GNDK about this. Uh, and then, then that forms a tighter bond among the employees. And uh, they had the specific tasks, but I hadn't been observing them. So then GNDK said, go work there and observe for a few weeks. And here's the thing I found out, Dan, they don't do, they don't, they're not doing any work there either. And I watched it. Then I started doing my own interviews where I was trying to be indirect. Uh, and basically they would do pre-work where they would come in and check the support tickets, but no work ever got done. And so I started, I worked very hard at doing these interviews where I wasn't saying, you're not doing it like uh, where I was trying to, you know, set aside my preconceived notions. And when I said, well, what is it? Tell me more about these support tickets. What, what, like, where, like, uh, I noticed you check them in the morning and then you don't, uh, like no tickets have ever actually been like in the solution pile is zero tickets. And they explained a couple things to me that I did not know, Diane. One, we don't have any customers. Two, we don't have any products or services. Uh, so we have no products, no services, and no customers. But thousands and thousands of support tickets come in every day. And I was really curious about this. I said, well, tell me more, each person. And finally, the, one of the engineers there said, well, we call it uh, uh, triple C-U-R. So CCCU-UR, triple C-U-R, it's the Collective uh, Customer Care Universal Residue. And they said, uh, even though we don't have a product, some people still have a problem using our product or service. Uh, some people object to it. Uh, some people are unsatisfied. And they said, but it doesn't exist uh, he said, also, people are unhappy, even though we're not doing any uh, customer service. Uh, people are unsa unhappy with our customer service. Even though we don't have a public-facing company, they're unhappy with our public image. They want to return defective items. And he said, who, who, is this some sort of mystical occurrence? Uh, like, what is it? And they said, I said, who's doing this? Uh, and they said, it's human beings. They said, even in the post-earthly life uh, there's still human beings. And so I said, people are put, putting in support tickets for things they never used. Uh, 
and they 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 say I got to go back. There's another birthday party at a eleven oh seven. So I said, go ahead. I I got it now. He still didn't understand it, Diane. And then uh, we we uh, we had one more round of interviews. Said G and DK had finally round up the D group uh, or the D testing, which were people that used to work here that no longer did. And they were so hard to track down because they had totally moved on. So anyone that was no longer an employee had moved on to something else. Uh, and these people, Diane, they were happy. As happy as a customer care people. About the same. You know, not 100% happy. And some of them had been doing independent things or hobbyist things with their time. Some had joined other communities or community-based activities or explore, you know, they're just doing things in the big farm in the sky, kind of like me, like uh, I became a PI. But they were involved in something, and uh, I guess that's when the case just cracked for me, Diane. It's like this place is, uh, so those people found their thing, and this, this thing Maybe it's for the people that haven't yet, or maybe this is their thing. Diane, I got to go check with G and DK. I'll be right back. All right, Diane, I'm here to wrap up this case. It's closed almost, or more or less it's closed. So we restructured the company with that in mind. Because uh, uh, G, well, G and DK told me this story that I'll try to give you, Diane, really quick. They said... Uh, did we ever tell you about the best tacos we've ever had? And I said, no. And they said, well, and this is how we ended up here, like running our, our own business and inspired by you, Uncle Simon. They said, one day uh, we were allowed to go to this seminar outside of school, and the seminar ended at 12.50, even though school ends at 2.20. And our teacher said, when the seminar ends, you, you just go home. Your school day's over. And at 12.50, we happened to be in this neighborhood in East Los Angeles. This is where the seminar was. And we went to go get tacos for a late lunch. And they said they were the greatest tacos we'd ever tasted. And I said, well, where's the—I'd like to hear more about it. And they said, well, the tacos were good, but it was more the taste of the taco at 12.50. And then they said, I I don't get it. And they said— we were eating tacos when we should have been in school, and but we weren't breaking any rules. We were allowed to be eating those tacos. But part of us knew we'd be tasting chalk or whatever a digital board tastes like, uh, you know, sitting in our desks. And so, and I said, okay, I think I get it. I like, uh, sorry, it probably was a better story if, if I wasn't as confused. But I said, the, the greatest time, I said, oh, okay. So I said, the company's kind of like that, uh, I guess. Uh, and, you know, if you're at work and not working, it's like heaven if it's a sweet, but you have to have work to do. And so we split the company into three parts, Dan. We expanded customer care to one third of the company, assuming that those triple uh, C you are, uh, would keep coming in. And I said, what if we open it, like, uh, have this power? And so we've actually opened up uh, a little bit of the, you know, the triple C you are to earth, the earthly realm. 
you know, hopefully it makes things better on Earth. Like we're off gassing some of the uh, uh, the collective uh, customer care universal residue, or when care is say changes into C O M I P, you know that stuff. Uh, we're off gassing that and we're outsourcing it to here, where the tickets aren't getting. They just sit in. So it's great, Diane. I mean, we don't have any products to to to. to, to we don't have customers to care for. We would if we could. So we have that. We have a division of the company still working on karmic points, uh, just in case it is a thing that none of us understand at all. I mean, we all understand the general concept of karma. And I don't know if this other founder was more enlightened than I'm thinking, and that this was just like a, like a red herring or something. But I, I don't know, Diane. And then the third part of the company, especially with my interviews with the people that have left, we've created a, a Phantom Minnow Creative. And basically, this is great, Diane, and it actually fits me perfectly. It's a creative division of the company where you're supposed to introduce you. For, if you procrastinate on creative things, you can finally enjoy, enjoy things now because you're supposed to do your creative things, but you're not expected to. And we don't even know how that'll turn out. I mean, right now it's going great. Uh, most of the people are enjoying it. They do actually work on their products, projects a little bit. Uh, even I have done some doodling, imagining, you know, the Phantom Minnow, uh, like, I mean, just rescuing Earthly Realm from customer care, universal res residue, but... You know, talking, to, you know, maybe Carl Young and I will go and, and look into it. That's one of the cartoons I drew. But, yeah, some of the other employees are working on that. And some are just not working on it, but enjoying not working on it. And that's, I think, what this whole company is about, is uh, enjoying being at work and not working. I guess that's why it's not, a, you know, this is a big farm in the sky, Diane, clearly. But I think some of these people in Phantom Minnow Creative are going to be transitioning out of the company, and that'll be a good thing, too. And uh, I think we'll all find our—well, I'm, I'm going back to Florida with G&DK, and I'm going to come visit and check on things. But I think the management team will be just fine without me. Uh, anyway, Diane, good night. i got to go get—you know, I'm going to get some rest, and uh, and I'll see you soon.